When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You are listening to Beyond the Wheel, a podcast about the people and ideas that drive the RV community forward. This episode is brought to you by Battleborn Batteries, the best name in the RV and marine industry. These lithium batteries are designed and assembled in the USA, backed by a 10-year warranty. The best solution for your battery anxiety. So go check them out at BattlebornBatteries.com. Whether your adventure is on the road, on the water, or off the grid, Battleborn batteries keep you out there longer. With the complexity of all the systems in an RV, I always say it's not if something's going to break, but a matter of when is something going to break. That is why I think an extended warranty for RVs is so important. We first interviewed wholesale warranties back in 2019 and immediately became impressed with how their policies worked, such as you can take your RV to any licensed repair shop, including mobile repairs. They also have personalized service plans, making sure you are getting the right policy for your needs. And if you think your RV is too old for a policy, you might be surprised to hear that RVs up to 20 years old can still be approved for a policy. That is more age lenient than most RV parks I've stayed at. Go to wholesalewarranties.com forward slash beyond the wheel or click the link down below in our show notes to get your free quote today. Hey everybody and welcome to another edition of Driver's Edition. Today, Sean and I have an update on the podcast awards, uh, the People's Choice Awards. We're also going to be talking about a new app from Escapees and what's involved in it. We're going to be speaking about a real estate entrepreneur who is recently investing in RV storage, and we're going to tell you why. Spartan just released a new chassis. Lazy Days declined to take over, and Coleman introduces a new smart control center. All of that on this episode of Driver's Edition. So let's get this started. Sean, how are you doing today? Recovering from COVID. Oh, man. <laughs> but I did just take a nice trip uh, down to... Camp Margaritaville in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee, and it has made my new number one campground. It was wow. amazing. They have, I think it's a hundred and around 175 spots. They're all back in, they're all paved. They're super long. Like we could fit our Arctic Fox and our truck all, you know, right one right behind the other one in the spot. It was a big spot. Nice dog park for Toby. 24-hour check-in. Um, That's nice. Somebody's at the check-in spot 24 hours. They have a pool with a water slide, a hot tub, a lazy river, restaurant, bar, a game room with some great arcade games. So they actually have two bars, and they have a snack bar and a restaurant. Jeez, what else did they have? Bowling. Lots, lots of activities. Like I went into, it's right next to Great Smoky Mountains National Park. And I went in there one day with Julie. There was one trail that Toby could hike on. So we took him on that trail. And then the other days 
we stayed at, I stayed at the campground and just uh, had a good time there. I mean, there's so much to do. They have planned activities. Great, right on the edge of Pigeon Forge on the edge closest to the national park. And the Wi-Fi there was the most amazing Wi-Fi of any <laughs> campground. I mean, the download speeds and upload speeds were better than my house internet and it was all Wi-Fi. That's and then really for good. those people that don't have an RV, you can go stay there in a, or if you have family that wants to come visit you while you're in your RV, they have a hotel there as well. So it was just a great, great time. It sounds like it's an actually uh, a true resort. You know, a lot of campgrounds will say that they're like an RV resort and then you get there and maybe they have a pool. <laughs> you know, that's about it. But they're, but they still classify themselves as a resort. The fact, I don't think I've ever stayed at a campground that had a lazy river. Yeah, it had just opened this past weekend while we were there. We went and floated around the Lazy River for probably 45 minutes. And I know I talked to you to one day that you said that you even did like a breakfast buffet so that you you have like food available for all three meals. Yeah, with the breakfast buffet, I think I was telling Julie that the breakfast buffet, I think every RV park should have that because <laughs> it is just... You just walk over, pay your money and have your coffee and, and eat. And they had, it wasn't like, uh, you know, like some hotel breakfast buffets, they have like some muffins and right. uh, maybe some toast and stuff. This was like a full on buffet, French toast, pancakes, uh, fruit, muffins, eggs, bacon, sausage, biscuits oh, wow. and gravy. I mean, it was it was loaded hash browns, so it's really good. I mean, I I really had a good time there. It's definitely my favorite RV park now. Really nice vacation spot then, because I know like Sabrina and I most of the time make all of our meals in the RV and stuff like that. But when you're on vacation, it's nice to be able to. I think that's a big deal. I think having three meals available right there on the property that you don't have to make yourself puts you in a vacation mode all in itself. Yeah. And they had live music. It was really, really impressive, really impressive park. The campground itself is new. I know you said that the Lazy River just opened, but the campground itself isn't that old either, I, I don't think. It opened uh, last fall, I think. So fall of 2021. So it's just coming up on a year. So it's, it's yeah. new. And that's Margaritaville. Yeah. Margaritaville Campground. You were saying that the uh, Jimmy Buffett himself, actually his his business owns the campground. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. Is there other Margaritaville campgrounds? There's you know? one in Florida, I think. Okay. All right. I know I like the music, the Margaritaville music. Yeah. So And they have uh, great margaritas. <laughs> does it have, like, I think of Margaritaville and Jimmy Buffett as being very, um, I don't know, tropical. I guess so, because you just said that they had a margarita. Is that like the theming behind the campground? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. very cool. So you could just go to that campground and that could be a vacation. Like it's I think so, yeah. It's you know, with a bowling alley and pool and lazy river and, and yeah, that's pretty cool. I'm gonna have to put it on my list of, of places to visit. And Sabrina and I actually really like Tennessee too. We've been to Tennessee a couple times and just the just the state of Tennessee itself has has a lot of cool things to see if you do want to leave the campground. Yeah. And when Julie was hiking out in the national park, she saw a bear um you know all kinds of wildlife and it's a big national park too and there was no entrance fees to get into the park so oh really yeah that's uncommon though right why yeah. wouldn't there be i don't know 
Ah, interesting. You stayed for four or five days. You were there, I think. Four days, yeah. Four days. Yep. All right. And you'll be back, it sounds like. <laughs> Definitely. Now, the one complaint people will have, I'm sure, is that it's kind of expensive to stay there, but hmm. um, you get what you pay for, I think, in this case. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think the fact that everything is available right there, having those amenities is not cheap to run or maintain right. in the staff. Yeah, you're getting more than just a site. You're getting more than just a campsite, it sounds like. And you know what? Something that it's probably easily overlooked, like you said, that the site was long where you could fit your truck and your RV. I know for Sabrina and I, that's always a big deal. Like we like being able to park our car yeah. right in the same spot as our motorhome. Like we tow our car. It's nice to be able to to fit our motor or to fit both of them on the property. So if we do want to leave, the car's not out in some you know, parking lot or something like that. Yeah, that's that's cool. I'm on put it on our list. I think I've already put it on a list, but yeah, it was really cool. I, I really enjoyed it there. Besides being sick, I had a I had a good time. It's a good place to recover. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. And you do sound better today than the last time I talked to you. So hopefully you are around the corner or over the hill, whatever whatever the terminology would be. And then you know, now you're kind of over it, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I hope so too. <laughs> So the uh, the staff there was really friendly as well. I, I I think that I'm not sure that they have work campers. Everybody kind of had that Tennessee accent. So oh. I think they might be local people that work there, but uh, super friendly. And uh, like I said, staff available 24 hours a day. So it's cool that there was somebody so you could check in at any time. There were no after hour check like somebody was always there to check you in. Yeah, I like I like that too. Yep. What, what do you remember? What check in and check out times were? Uh, I don't remember the check in time, but check out is noon. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that's late. Yeah. yeah, sometimes you know, sometimes they they want us out of places by eleven. So noon is nice that you can actually enjoy. You know, go down and get another buffet breakfast before yeah. you leave and everything yeah. before you pack up and yeah. head out. So that's cool. Oh, that's yeah. very cool. And it was pretty full too. So I don't know how their reservations go, but it was pretty full. And it's open all year? All year round. Yeah. Okay. But the pool, I guess the pool and the lazy river close sometime in November, I guess. Okay. When the weather gets too cold, I guess. But then you still have like the indoor bowling and arcade. All the indoor stuff and the pickleball courts and volley. They have volleyball. Oh, nice. Yeah. There's lots of stuff there. And then the restaurant, did you have like indoor outdoor seating for the, for the, for like dinner and stuff like that? Yep. Yep. Nice. Nice. Yeah. I really think just having, I, so, you know, you, and it's one of your favorite uh, campgrounds too, like that KOA in Tucson I that has the restaurant. I think having a restaurant on a campground needs to become more popular. Sabrina and I really like just being able to not have to get in the car, just walking over to the restaurant a lot of times we just do takeout and then we bring it back and eat it at our site or you have the option of of sitting there and eating. I really like having the food option right on the campground. Yeah. And they even had like also separate is they had like just a little coffee shop where you could go in and get yeah. like coffee and pastries and they would even put in a, you could have some alcohol in your coffee if you wanted. Oh, really? Yeah. 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 Now it's really feeling like vacation. 
<laughs> but the thing that sold me on this campground, the thing that put it over the top for me was the Wi-Fi. I don't know what they're doing that other campgrounds can't do, but the Wi-Fi there is amazing. I'd be curious to find out what they're doing about the Wi-Fi, like how they're beaming it, not only getting it in, but spreading it across the campground where everybody's having fast speeds. It'd be nice to be able maybe to get them on the show, actually. Maybe they could let us in on the secret of how they're able to broadcast Wi-Fi and at use that faster than home. So it's faster fast. Faster than home, yeah. Yeah, I screenshotted it. I don't know if I can find one that quick, but um, it was, oh yeah, I had a 167 download and 89 upload. That's incredible. Yeah, Wi-Fi. So there, it's not like you're plugged into a cable at, at the part, like yeah. no cable going into your RV or something like that. That's just over the air Wi-Fi. Yep. Yeah, that's cool. Julie must have liked that too for her Instagram. She could po- post things quickly. And <laughs> well, I uploaded a video in like quick, you know, nice. one of our videos, and it was super quick. Yeah, I'm. I'm glad that they're doing that. I'm glad that they're that not only do they have all the amenities, but that Wi-Fi because so many more people are working uh, from the road. And I just saw. I think it's Fleetwood. Is it a Fleetwood RV? It's definitely from the Rev Group just released a new motorhome and it has an office built into it. It's like in the back of their, one of their new motorhomes. I think this idea of working from the road is really catching on. So a, a campground like that, that has the ability to provide good, stable, fast internet makes it easier for everybody to, hopefully that becomes the norm. I don't know how long that'll take, but I feel like campgrounds should be getting the memo that, Hey, internet's important, not just for people that want to stream, movies while they're on vacation but for people that want to work too yeah we should definitely try to uh we should try to get maybe either a manager or i don't think we're going to get jimmy buffett on the show but maybe we can get a manager or somebody from the campground to to come on the show they might need some type of permission from corporate i guess to come on but we'll have to look into it uh for you guys i think the first thing that i wanted to talk about because I'm an escapee member. <laughs> I was excited to find out that escapees uh, RB club, they just released a new app for, for members. So Sabrina and I still, even though we have a home base, we still use their mailing service because we are still on the road a lot and we can freeze our mail or, or have our mail get shifted over to escapees while we're traveling and stuff like that. So we're still escapees members. We use their roadside assistance and we use their, their mail service but it was cool. I downloaded the app just to check it out. And, you know, for, for their very first app, it was very easy for me to use. We can look at our mail. We can change the settings on how we want it delivered. We can request um, request scans. We can contact member service teams. I, I feel like that's a great direction for escapees to go, uh, to go in, to use app and to become more digitalized. Can you take, uh, can you make reservations at their parks through the app? I don't have that written down. So I'm going to guess no. I don't think you can make a reservation through the app. I think you still got to call their campground to make. Yeah. Yeah. But you can update your account information and things like that all through the app instead of needing the call or going even just online, you know, just having it in the phone makes it a lot easier. Yeah, maybe that's something that we can just suggest to them because 
I feel like Escapees is a friend of the show. We've we've had him on a few times. I think that's pretty good customer feedback. That would be nice to be able to make reservations through the app because I don't even think I don't even think you can go online and make a reservation at the Escapees oh, um, okay. campground. When Sabrina and I have stayed there, I feel like we call every time. Okay. I've never yeah. I've never stayed at one, so I don't know how that works. They're, yeah, they're they're nice campgrounds. I we might have to get a hold of Travis, president. I'm name dropping over here, president of <laughs> Escapees, and see if if uh, yeah. I think that's really good feedback. Yeah, let us book a campground through the app because I know for Sabrina and I, it's one of the reasons why we like KOA so much is because. We can book our campground right through the app while we're on the road. We might, you know, there's often times that we kind of find the campground and book it all within, not just that day, but while we're driving, like within 30 minutes. You know, Sabrina would be like, all right, you know what? I think I've had enough of driving, even though she's just the passenger. She's like, I think I've had enough of driving today. Let's let's find a spot, pull over and stop for the night. And she'll just open up the KOA app, puts where where we're at, finds a KOA and kind of books it right there. So I was messing with the flying pilot, flying J app while we were driving last weekend. You can, their app is you can book like showers and everything on their yeah. app. Yeah. It's really a, their, their app is really good too. So I'm sure it's possible. It's gotta be possible. Stuff, yeah. But it's good yeah. that they have an app period, I guess, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think this is a great step in the, you know, this is a step in the right direction. Having this app now and being able to control our mail right from our phone, I think will make things easier. And it's a very clean, easy, easy to use uh, app. You know, I, I, I picked it up and I understood everything right away. It wasn't like, oh, let me fumble through different lists or let me open up a menu or it, it was just easy to use right, right from the very start of it. And then uh, next... You know, I, I think this is one of the things that Sean and I always like because the, the podcast is so business oriented. There's a real estate entrepreneur. His name is Gary. We'll say W because I have no w, idea. How, yeah. how do you pronounce it? Oh, I don't have any idea how to pronounce that. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I'll spell it, though, for you guys. It's W-O-I-T-A-S-Z-E-K. So I think it's like Wojcik or something like that. Maybe. Oh, is it as simple as that? Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Just we'll call him Gary. We'll call him Gary W. But he's a real real estate entrepreneur and he is betting that RV storage is the next big thing. And I always I'm always interested by these things because I feel like this is like a behind the scenes thing. So this guy, you know, usually in the real estate, feeling that, you know, storage is gonna be a big deal. And I wonder, is it does he feel like so many people have bought RVs and now need a place to put them, or does he feel like the market is going to continue to grow. So he's, he's buying RV storage places because he thinks that these people, the future people, are going to need places to store their RVs. And this was um, reported in uh, the Wall Street Journal. So it's making some pretty big news that this guy is going out and buying property to convert it into RV storage. He thinks it's going to be the next, just the next big thing, period. Not the next big thing in RVing or you know, he just thinks this is going to be the next big thing in real estate. Yeah, I think I think it's interesting. And I think some of it, too, is that like every almost every home that you buy now is tied to some sort of HOA. And yeah. 
they have all these rules against parking your RV for more than 24 hours or whatever at your house. And so, yeah, I can see that not only the sales of RVs have been, you know, ridiculous over the last couple of years, but then you, every home that people are buying, if it has HOA requirements that you can't have your RV at your house, there's got to be somewhere to put it, RVs, boats, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I know for you and I, like when we were home shopping, we'd look for places that we could park our RVs and it's not easy. It's not a lot easy. of, a yeah. lot of restrictions, even sometimes like that you wouldn't think, like, even if you're not in an HOA, it could be like a County rule. Um, you still have to follow the rules of your, your area per se. Like Sabrina and I are not in an HOA, but at one time, the county did not, you are now, but at one time, the county did not allow uh, RV parking, but it does now. So we got kind of lucky, even though we're not in an HOA, you know, you still have to follow whatever those rules are. Yeah. And I think it's becoming more and more difficult to have land. I mean, you need the space, right? I mean, most of these RVs are not fitting in a garage or even in your driveway. So a lot of times they got to be out on the street. I mean, these guys, I'm, I'm reading here uh, based on this Wall Street Journal, that they just are, are planning on purchasing 10 locations in the next six weeks. And he is willing to spend $300 million once the current deals are in a pipeline. Like, like he's putting down some serious coin. <laughs> I mean, he must really believe in the growth of the RV industry that it's worth I mean, $300 million. I mean, maybe that's not a lot to him. But three, I'm thinking $300 million in the next, you're going to spend $300 million in the next six weeks in, in purchasing property for RV storage. It's just, as I've read a little bit more in here, it does say it, it's he's basing it off of the previous growth. A lot of people have bought RVs. They're not living in them full time. So they need a place to put them. Just like Sean said, you know, you're, a lot of places, HOAs, you're not allowed to. So then the most sensible place would be a storage facility that is has a little bit of security. Maybe it's monitored. It's got cameras or something like that where you know that hopefully your your uh, catalytic converter is not being stolen. Yeah. <laughs> Which is still a big deal. People are I would still guess losing it's a, um I would guess it's a uh, – it's a low – besides acquiring the land – it might be a low barrier to entry to start and then, see, you know, improve the properties as you go, as you grow. Yeah, because you wouldn't really per se need much of a structure, maybe a little office up front, but it wouldn't be st like those storage containers or anything like that, that you're trying to heat or cool right. because it's going to be outdoors. I mean, yeah. I doubt that he's buying buildings where everything's going to be stored indoors. So you're right about that. I mean, Literally, you're just buying a large parking area and you're going to stack them in, maybe charge, geez, I don't even know what, maybe a hundred bucks a month, maybe more per vehicle. I'm sure he knows more. <laughs> if he's got $300 million to spend on, on these properties, he probably knows what he's doing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think it's a good idea, actually. It probably is a really good idea. I, I was just really surprised by the amount that he's willing to spend up front. And for something that it doesn't sound like he's ever done before, you know, it doesn't sound like he owns other RV storages, but he really believes that after doing his research, 
where after his company does the research that this is this is the well, way he did to go. sell a, a property for 15 billion this year so he's got 300 millions nothing to him <laughs> 15 billion yeah he's okay then he can risk spending 300 million yeah yeah because he says that he he hopes so you know he's doing 10 locations in the next six weeks but he's hoping to have 400 properties of rv storage like that's his goal is to expand it to 400 properties across the united states so we wish him good luck and I think it's great that he's on be able to provide a service for for people that, you know, maybe you already you have your home and you're in an HOA, but you want an RV, but you, what are you going to do with it when you're not in it? Well, now now this gives those people opportunities that wouldn't normally have been able to purchase an RV because there was no place to put it. Right now they have now they might have a place to put it, which is great. Yeah, normally, um, like uh, a couple of the RV parks around where I live, they also have storage. But it's every time you look there, it's full. It's always full. Yeah. So that might be another sign of that. We need more RV storage, I guess, because the ones that do offer it, you're right. I We have been to campgrounds that offer storage and they are full. And I don't know, you know, not to knock any of them. I don't know what type of security. I don't think I've ever seen cameras or anything like that when you're just in a campground storage facility, like, they're usually just an area off to the side and you can park your, your RVs there. I mean, I guess they, the campground itself has security going around it. So I guess it would be safe that way. And I guess campgrounds are now getting more and more cameras too, but I just can't remember a, a campground RV storage area, having cameras actually pointing towards where the RVs are being stored. I never paid attention actually. Yeah. And every location I'm sure is going to be different. And to the counterpart, I don't know if this guy's planning on putting cameras, but I feel like anybody that owns property nowadays, I have cameras on my at my house. You have cameras at your house. I feel like anybody that buys property nowadays, automatically, like one of the first things you do is is cameras. Yeah, I'm up to six cameras at my house. So I only have two. So you are way ahead of me. <laughs> but we have a lot of sensors. We have motion sensors to go along with those. We got the brake glass sensors and um, oh yeah. <laughs> something else that i found was exciting is that spartan is releasing a new rv chassis and it's going to uh debut on the integra coach which is integra is that newmar no integra is their own brand integra is their own yeah maybe newmar makes up coach that has a similar name integra to has like the anthem ah okay you would think I would know that, Sean. So I, I'm guessing this is a diesel chassis. It is. Yep. It's a. It's going to be a diesel pusher. Uh, some of the things about it is going to have. It's going to have a whole new redesigned independent front suspension. And what they're saying is, with the suspension, that not only are you going to get extra agility and maneuverability, but it's going to improve your bump absorption. It's just going. It's going to be. So it, it's a win-win, I guess, in the sense that it's going to be more comfortable but at the same time improving agility and maneuverability and from talking to you know like robert henderson not too long ago when where he was talking about maneuvering and and the ability to quickly change lanes is really it becomes a safety thing so i i kind of look at this as this improved front end being able to offer a lot of benefits not just in comfort but safety-wise as well, just to be able to maneuver the coach a little bit better than than before. 
Yeah, and a 55-degree wheel cut. That's incredible. Yeah. That's really sharp. Yeah. <laughs> I'm always I mean, impressed. People don't realize how how <laughs> sharp that is. That's that's tight turning with a with a diesel. Yeah, it's really tight turning. I'm always impressed whenever I see a diesel pusher because the diesel pushers, people might not know this, diesel pusher always has a better turning degree than a class A gas coach would have. Even a, a longer diesel pusher will make a better turn than a shorter gas coach. I'm always impressed whenever I see these diesel pushers making like a U-turn or something like that. I mean, you could probably at 55 degrees, you could see the inside of the wheel if you were standing next to it, I bet. Yes. Yeah. You should be able to. Yeah, yeah. I would say so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they, they say that this new like independent front suspension that they're putting in is uh, going to give you more of an automotive feel. I still would say, I mean, I haven't, obviously I haven't driven this thing yet, but I would also like to point out you're still driving like a 23,000 pound vehicle, maybe more of an automotive feel, but I don't, I don't know if you should really even throw the word auto. I doubt that it's going to feel like you're driving a car (laughs) and the motors in the back motors in the back. You're, you're sitting, you know, 10 feet off the ground in your seat. (laughs) It won't be like driving a Prius. That's for sure. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I bet it rides better than my uh, Chevy 3500, though. I don't know. I, I, I mean, I your truck is huge, but I still feel like weight proportion. Like I bet you, you know, just being able to co- go around corners and stuff. I don't know. Like I said, I haven't driven this new Spartan chassis. I've actually never driven any of the Spartan chassis. I've only driven in the uh, the Cummins and the Freightliner. So I don't know. I don't think I've ever driven a Spartan one. But I, I would still say I bet you your truck. Well, maybe not, Sean. I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm going to give your truck the credit, although your truck is from 2013. <laughs> and it sounds like 2014. And it sounds like they're it sounds like they're beefing up the chassis too to make it tougher. Yeah, they're they're making a lot of improvements on this chassis. It's nice that it's more of a redesign, like really an, like a true upgrade. It's not just the front end that they're doing. Yep, like Sean said, they're doing. They're doing the chassis. Uh, they're really thinking about uh, safety uh, for for the drivers. Not only – so I, I did like this part of it too. Like Spartan said that not only did they have their engineers drive and test, but they brought like long, long-term RV owners in while doing the testing and had them drive it. You know, so p- people like you and I to get – their impression of the drivability of the vehicle before it went to, you know, the, before it hit the market. So they were using like true RVers as, um, as, as test pilots for this. They didn't just rely on their engineers. And I thought that was really nice to hear that they wanted to get the consumer feedback before it went to the consumer in a sense. I, I thought that was a really good idea. And I was really glad to hear about that. I think that that's a great thing that Spartan's doing. And I'm going to say it again that maybe we should have Spartan on the show. I'm sure we could get Spartan on and talk about just this chassis, about everything that it takes to fully redesign a chassis that I'm sure, one, it's not a gamble per se, but it probably costs a lot of money and research and development. And then they actually get it into production. And whenever you have something new, you know, usually, maybe not always, but usually you have recalls and things like that. So it's probably 
I guess the, the, the payoff is to be more competitive so that maybe somebody says, all right, well, instead of this Freightliner, have you checked out the new Spartan? And they go to dealers and say to Winnebago, hey, you know, maybe you shouldn't be using Freightliner. Maybe you should be using Spartan. Maybe they go to Newmar and tell them the same thing. So I, I guess they're being competitive in their group, but I, I still feel like it's gamble's not the right word, but Spartan's got a really good reputation already. Like, and I always feel, I always use the term, don't, don't fix what's not broken. <laughs> but I guess they must have really saw an opportunity to make some advancements, like, like truly improve a ride or safety and things like that. So I, I think it'd be great to have them on and talk about like the reasons of why an upgrade, why now type of things. Because I don't think it's often that chassis manufacturers make these big changes or, or adjustments like the the class a gas the f53 was the same chassis motor configuration for 20 years before ford went and said all right let's do an upgrade and then they just came out with the new f53 chassis like two years ago but they hold on to these things for a long time before they decide to uh to upgrade them kenny speaking of people like us we forgot to mention at the top of the episode about the podcast awards <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. How, I don't know how I missed that. Yeah. But that, yeah, people like us. I like that little segue, though, Sean. It's almost like you planned it. <laughs> but yeah, we, we are in the top 10 for the leisure category for the People's Choice Podcast Award. And we wanted to thank all you guys. We wanted to thank our listeners because the only reason why the, we made it to the top 10 is because you guys went and voted for us, that we yeah. had enough. Yeah. I think that's. I, yeah, super humbled by that fact that you guys cared enough to go to the website. You know, it's not easy. I always say it's not easy to get people to break their routines or their habits. But, you know, to ask people to go to, even though it's all digital and you just go into a website, still, they had to go to the website. They had to create an account and they had to find us in the list and, and actually vote for us. So we just, bottom of our hearts, like really sincerely, thank you for voting for us and getting us into the top 10. You know, once we're selected as the winners, I'm going to be very bold and say, <laughs> once we're selected uh, by the uh, to be the winner, we will let you guys know. Or if we don't win, you know, we'll we'll still let you know about the uh, the progress of it. I believe we should be knowing by the end of September. We should know if we won or not. Is it September end of September? I thought it might be the beginning of October. Is I it? I can't remember. I think it's October seventh for some reason. You would know, Sean. I mean, you're you're on pick an exact day. <laughs> For some reason, like that date is in my head. Maybe I have a doctor's appointment. I don't know. But <laughs> I thought that was awesome when we got the message that we were in the in the uh, the final. So now, what happens is so the the voting from the I guess the general public is done. But then what what the People's Podcast Award does is they'll take twenty thousand people now to do the final voting and. What they, you know, what they would like people to do is the people that are chosen, the 20,000 that are chosen, review all the podcasts in each category and then choose who you feel uh, should win in per category. So these 20,000 people have um, a little bit of research to do, and uh, I, hope they, I hope they take it seriously and vote for us. I hope they make the right choice. <laughs> It's really exciting though. Yeah. Yeah. And so like Kenny said, so thankful to all of the people that listen for for taking the time to vote for us. Yeah, we 
certainly appreciate it. I, I think this is one of those things that could be like a win-win. If we win, we get noticed a little bit more, which gets us possibly more guests, which in turn gives the listener just more content to listen to, but maybe guests that we wouldn't have normally have gotten in the past. So I think it's a win-win. So hopefully we win and you guys win. (laughs) So I think we talked a good amount about that Spartan, but they, you know, not only did they do the chassis, the front, but they're also, uh, so I thought they did something to the rear as well, but I guess it's just the chassis, you know, overall beefing up the, the, uh, the chassis that helps stabilize the motorhome. I thought they did something to the suspension in the rear as well, but it doesn't look like it. Um, chassis torsion control system. Okay. So they did. So they, they, they're improving on a torsion control system, which reduces the stress on the chassis frame. Yeah. It's a pretty big upgrade then. Yeah. Yeah. It's not just like a little, you know, a little bit. And then our next uh, topic I found interesting because we hear about companies buying companies like all the time recently, I feel like more and more. And there was an article I read that said that lazy days just declined a takeover. Like somebody sought them out, wanted to buy them. And lazy days was like, no, we're good. You know, we appreciate you being interested in us, but we don't want to sell. We're, we're, we're keeping our company, I guess. But it kind of, I was like, Oh, I don't know if I've ever heard of companies declining. (laughs) So I thought it was kind of neat that somebody wanted to buy lazy days and they said, nah, we're good. And I think it's because they, I mean, I guess if the the price was right, they would have, but they felt the company that was buying them undervalued them. I think they just weren't offering them uh, the amount that they felt the company was worth. But I don't think it was like, from my understanding, from what I was reading in the articles, it wasn't like Lazy Days was trying to be bought or trying to sell. It's just the company approached them and said, hey, you know, we're interested in your company. We think you guys have some value that we would like to take. (laughs) Yeah, they uh, looks like they valued them at like two hundred and twelve million. Yeah, Lazy Days said no, thank you. Yeah, uh, I I didn't know that Lazy Days was a publicly shared company, but it said in March they were valued at like seventeen sixty nine a share, or yeah, some seventeen sixty nine a share. I guess when you buy a company, that's that's kind of what they're they're basing it off of. Last Friday closed at twenty one dollars a share. So lazy days is probably looking at the fact, well, we're, we're not hurting, you know, we're growing and our, our share is going up. So maybe now's not the time for us to be selling yeah, the I company. Think the, the company that wanted to buy them offered them like $25 a share for the company. So they would okay. have made some money, but yeah, it looks like they got big things, big things in the works. So yeah, yeah, you're right. $25 a share. So they were offering them more than what they were. But if you're showing growth, maybe, you know, if you went from 18 to 21 in four months, about four months, what's to say you want to go to 26 in another four months? Who knows? I don't know. Yeah. But even the Lazy Days board of directors, you know, they said they appreciated the interest, but they just, you know, after careful review, they feel that the, uh, that the right thing to do is to, to turn down the offer. And they just felt that it, that they were undervaluing the company and it's just not in the best interest of the shareholders to take a buyout at this time. Yeah. See, I see the, I see the RV industry now 
mm-hmm. pulling back a little bit. So, of course, I'm not in the know like these big executives are, but just what I read and what I see, I think we're going to see a, a pullback a little bit on in the RV industry. So we'll see. We'll see if it was a good, if it was a good move or not. Yeah. I'm I'm curious about that too, Sean, because I, I, I agree with you. I'm in the same boat with you, and I keep on reading these articles that seem to be against what I think, but I feel like the industry, the RV industry, has been on such a high for the last, not just the last two years, but for the last almost four years, five years, that it, to me, I feel like it can only go down. But then there's other companies out there that saying that because of the pandemic and because of all this extra interest in RVing, in the industry, that this is now our new bottom floor. Like where we're at now is the new level. It's not going to go down because this is it now. So, yeah, it, it's going to be – I'm very curious to see what happens uh, within the next couple of years. And it's funny because – it's kind of funny – about that lazy days turning down because right after I read that article, like another day later, I saw that lazy days like reported their income and the, the revenue was up. Let me see if I can find the exact numbers. Uh, 30. Yeah. So they are up $6.5 million in this quarter compared to 2021 quarter. So they made six, six and a half million dollars more <laughs> this year than last year. Which just, to me, I'm like, I'm surprised. I just feel like, and then that's probably another reason why Lazy Days was like, oh, you're undervaluing our company at $25 a share. We're going to make that $25 a share. We're going to hit that. We're going to pass that, whatever that may be. And we're going to continue to grow. I mean, Lazy Days does more than just deals. So Lazy Days has campgrounds and they're and they're also dealers. They might even be involved in more than just that. And they have great stores. You know, they have, they have stores too. They have stores, they have campgrounds, they have sales, they have service. I think they even have rentals. They do have rentals. Yeah, you're yeah. right. So so they they have a pretty good foot what would that term be? Foothold in the in the industry. I think Lazy is Lazy Days the one that's like the official Airstream store? Is that where you can buy Airstream parts? I yeah, that is one of the places, yeah. Yeah. So they 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 have like they have strong ties with big name companies. I would say I think Lazy Days probably made the made a good choice in holding fast. I mean, they do service. They have service departments, so you can get work done to your rigs. Yeah, I and I think maybe that alone, just service alone, right now, which is still like everybody is backed up, back ordered. They can't get enough RVs in to, to serve. Yeah, they, they're probably making the right choice. Probably making the right choice. We'll see. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Another news article that I found interesting, and uh, I think everybody will, is the Coleman uh, mock introduces a smart control center. Uh, Coleman, who's owned by Excel brand, it debuted a new smart control center that seamlessly connects to a mock air air conditioner. So when I first opened up the article, I was like, oh, it's a new thermostat, but it's not. So this is a new control board that goes in your AC unit that allows you to use it with home thermostats. I was like, oh, that's interesting. I really thought it was just going to be a new thermostat, but they're actually upgrading the control board that's in the AC unit. Then you can go out and purchase whatever type of smart thermostat you want. 
one of the benefits of that I thought of Sean right away is that you'll be able to use Alexa or Google Assistant because some of these home thermostats are available. It opens it up to a lot of, I mean, because right now what's, I think microwave is probably the only smart thermostat that we have. Yeah, I think it is. And I do like the microwave. I love the microwave. I have it on my, in my RV. <laughs> we use it all the time. I think it was a, a, it was a huge upgrade and a great update. Uh, way to update our coach. I do think that this will, you know, as much as I like uh, microwave, I think this will hurt them in the long run. Like, because I feel like, all right, not everybody right now is comfortable maybe going up on the roof, pulling off their AC cover, pulling a board, and putting this new board in. But I would imagine that's what they're doing for now. But by next year, the new AC units will just come with this new board in there. I can't see them. Like, I, I feel like this is a temporary fix, but they're probably their long-term goal would be just that, hey, our AC units can now be used with any thermostat, modern, you know, smart thermostat that you would use at home. Yeah, and it's nice to not have to learn a whole nother system. If you have a nest in your house, throw it in your RV, you know how to use it all already and good to go. Yeah, yeah, there's no learning curve or something like that. I yeah. So I, I really feel like Coleman will just make this the standard in their future AC builds. I, I think this is this will probably just be the way that they go with it. I couldn't see why they wouldn't just start including this in all their new new builds. And they said that this was actually something that they came up with based on uh, listening to the from the consumer, which is always nice to hear that like these decisions are made after they. After doing consumer research and, and listening to the consumer, you do more than just listen to them. You actually make these changes. So I was, I was happy to hear that, too. The, the feedback from the consumer was that they just wanted more convenience and control from a residential-style smart thermostat, just like you would have uh, in your home. I think this kind of competes directly with, with that microwave. Like right now, I could go on my phone, and I could tell you what the temperature was in my RV from my phone. And if I wanted to... If my RV, for me, my RV's got to be plugged in. But if my RV was plugged in, I would even be able to turn the AC unit on right now, all from my phone. If you got pets, I think that's a great thing. But not only that, it allows me to do scheduling that I couldn't do previously. For bedtime, I, I like the temperature colder at night. When I wake up, though, I can set it so that it starts to warm up maybe an hour before I normally wake up. I don't use that function too much, but I could see that being an advantage for some people. I'm more like I'm laying in bed and I wake up. I'm like, all right, well, let me turn the AC off or let me turn up the temperature a little bit because I don't wake up at the same time every day. But you'll have those same abilities now with this Coleman board swap. Can you control? I know you you're big on the uh, Google control. Does Google can you control your thermostat at home? Not my current thermostat. No. Okay. But I know you can control lights and things like that. So I thought you'd be really interested in the in this. <laughs> yeah, I, I have to get the smart thermostat for my home still. I really wanted all the security upgrades first. Okay. So I, I did I focused on that when we first got the house and to now and now I'm ready to get the thermostat. In fact, I've been looking at them trying to decide which one I want. Okay. And yeah. I think something like this makes more sense. Maybe I'm not looking at it right, but I think something like this makes more sense in the RV than it does even in your home because your RV is moving to different climates all the time. Uh, temperatures change very quickly while you're on the move, whereas your home, you kind of know, you know, wintertime, we're going to be 
running heat. Summertime, you're running AC, and it's kind of consistent, you know, year after year. But in our RV, we could be anywhere at any time, type of type of thing. So I, I think the ability to change things a little quicker in the RV and be more connected makes makes more sense. I don't know. Maybe we're lazy. <laughs> maybe it's not a big deal to get up and actually adjust the thermostat but i'm telling you it's one of the best things i'd say this about a lot of stuff i buy but i love that micro air thermostat just for ease of use on my phone like if we're watching tv and i want to lower the ac so that the ac's not turning on as often i just you know just do it for my do it for my phone and i know micro air says you know we're not you're not lazy. You're just making things simpler or easier, I think, is they're, yeah, they're just making things easier for you. We're not making you lazier. <laughs> I think the fact that Coleman's now looking into it, too, I think that's that's pretty cool. Who is the other large AC manufacturer? You can either have a, a Dometic. Dometic, yeah. I wonder, maybe somebody listening knows or not, is, is Dometic doing something similar? Can you get smart thermostats connected to a Dometic AC unit right now. I don't know the answer to that. Yeah, I like that. I like this. I like that this is going to be an option. Yeah, yeah. Again, you know, I think it's a step in the right direction. Getting RVs. I mean, how long have we had smart thermostats in a house for? Yeah, a long time. Long time. And RVs are just now getting it in the RV. And I think what RV manufacturers, I think what these uh, suppliers are finding out is that like people want the same comforts that they can have at home in their RV. I don't know why it's taken them so long to figure this out, but I think somebody wrote to Sabrina and I uh, not too long ago and said, you know, I'm sure that you guys enjoy your RV and the campground, but to me, that's not camping. Maybe there has been a mindset in the past that if you're not comfortable, you're not, you know, maybe you have to be uncomfortable to be camping. I'm not really sure, but I do agree with this person. I, I even wrote back. Yeah, I, I don't think that. of it as, I don't think of it as camping at all. No, I do think of camping as in a tent or in a sleeping bag. I don't think as RVing as, as camping, but I, I think there's still this connection though. I think some people do. I think the corporations, I think the, I think the industry does consider RVing camping. I think they do consider it the same thing. And I, I agree. I don't, I've never considered what Sabrina and I do camping. I've never told people that we're going camping. We're going RVing. And I think it's totally different. And I think people that RV and enjoy RVing do want some of the comforts uh, from home in, in their rigs and, and modern tech from their home in their rig. I mean, you're talking... Smart thermostats 10, 15 years ago were in the house. So, I mean, you're, it's a pretty long delay. There's a lag, <laughs> big, big time lag. So it's cool that Coleman's doing it. I wish they would have started a little sooner. <laughs> and then that was everything I, uh, or that's everything that we kind of had laid out for this episode. We do have some upcoming guests that we're excited to have on because these are two new guests that have never been on the show before. And there are also two, these two guests we found from the Overland show from Overland West back in the day. Uh, you truck. What's that? You found them. Well, I say we. We found <laughs> them. And one is Truck House and one is Lava Linens. And the Truck House episode that you're on here is interesting because we actually recorded and filmed this the same day 
that we were at Battleborn. That's how far in advance some of these episodes come out, to give you a little peek behind the curtain here. So the same day that we recorded our 100th episode with Battleborn Batteries, Truckhouse uh, is not too far from Battleborn Batteries. So they came down to that studio and recorded it. And Truckhouse is unique in the sense that they are taking Toyota Tacomas and totally beefing up this vehicle where it's not even a Toyota Tacoma anymore. It's more like a, I guess, a quarter ton, I guess, when they're done with it. I'm not even sure what size it's like truck. a one ton. One ton truck? Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, and then they build, seamlessly build a camper on the back of it. And I saw this at uh, Overland and it just stood out. It just looked so, it looked like it came from Toyota. The the way they marry the, the truck and this camper all seamlessly, all one piece. I went over to them. I started talking to them and I didn't know that they were right down the street from Battleborn. Just, you know, that was just a happy accident, I guess. But, um, two young guys, very creative, very big on risk taking, because as you'll hear in the, the episode that some of the money that they put out, you know, shelled out and, uh, interesting story of how it got started. I, I think that's a really good episode. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that one. And, uh, before we go, Kenny, I just want to make one public service announcement. I've been reading, it seems like in the news the last couple of weeks, the number of RV fires has increased tremendously, it seems like, in the news. And uh, people don't have fire extinguishers or know how to use them or check them or anything like that. We actually did a, an episode on fire extinguishers. Please make sure you have adequate fire extinguishers in your RV because we, we don't want anybody to you know die when it could have been preventable. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you, Sean. It does seem like it's happening more often. And I don't know if it's a summertime thing. Things are drier maybe in the summer. I don't know, but it propane doesn't care <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> usually about, about, you know, climate and stuff like that. A lot of fires. Yeah. A lot of fires and probably preventable, I, I would say, you know, the best way to fight the fire is not to have it start. <laughs> so, yeah, I think just be mindful of, of what you're doing. Uh, and, and not just in the RV, but a lot of times outside of the RV. I see a lot of times at campgrounds or boondocking areas where people have a campfire even, and they're not, they don't go out with the water and, and really extinguish it. You can see the smoke from that fire from the previous night. I think it's really important to be diligent, to be aware of, your surroundings type of thing and, 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 uh, making sure that you're doing everything that you can possibly do to stay safe and keep other people safe. That kind of, Oh, but let me talk. Well, let's talk about fire. Lava linens is coming yeah. up. In the show, so <laughs> maybe another good uh, segue into that. Um, lava linens is another company that we found from, uh, overland. What I liked about the company was that a lot of times you just look at a product and you're like, Oh, well, this is kind of simple. Probably not a lot goes into this. And then I was looking at their linens and their, I would call them towels. And I just started chatting with the owner of the company. And I was like, oh, you know what? A lot. Apparently there's a lot of thought that goes into a towel, uh, not just materials, but design patterns, where it's made, how it's made. That was an episode that surprised me of just how much information was in there and just how how a towel can even be good for the environment, keeping away from microplastics and things like that. So I, I think that's another really good episode. And I'm, I'm really happy 
that we have these two uh, new companies. They're both very young companies coming on the show and, and chatting with them. And I'm excited to share them with our listeners. Yeah, the tr- both those interviews were really good in, in uh, getting like the insight into the complications of something that we think is so simple. Yeah, so the, both those episodes will be out for, uh, for September. All right. Well, I think that's it, Kenny. I think that is, Sean. Yeah. I feel like I have talked enough for the both of us. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks, everyone, for listening. And again, thank you so much for taking the time to vote for us for the podcast, the People's Choice Podcast Awards. We'll try and keep bringing you great content. Thanks, everybody. This episode is brought to you by Battleborn Batteries, the best name in the RV and marine industry. These lithium batteries are designed and assembled in the USA, backed by a 10-year warranty. The best solution for your battery anxiety. So go check them out at BattlebornBatteries.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.